Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. Welcome, friends. Welcome, brothers and sisters. Pray with me. Oh, gracious Lord, may the words of my mouth, uh, may the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Oh, Lord, my rock, my redeemer. Amen. You know, I can't help uh, but think about the last couple weeks uh, when I was thinking about this message today, hopefully this encouragement, uh, about Mukotea Presbyterian Church as we launch into this great new adventure. Pastor Matthew, Jill, Grace, Jack, and two favorite dogs are on their way. Some of you may not realize, but the Dear Presbyterian is very unique in many special ways. One special way is this is one of the few churches in the United States that's over 100 years old. Yes, 1907 to 2007. So unbelievably, it's what? Uh, we moved here in 04. It's been 17 years already since Mukotio Presbyterian Church moved here. The light on the hill. So as we are going forward, I think there's not one of us that truly, truly want to be a difference. We want to make a difference. You know, when we were younger, for our younger audience, you're already ready to jump into the world, as scary as it may seem, when options may be limited. But you have a dream. You have that idealism. It's strong in your heart. You want to make a difference. For others of you, that maybe it's the middle seasons of life. Uh, the career's been kind of established. The neighborhood's been established. The friends, the sphere of influence. Uh, somewhere along the line, gradually or instantly, you realized, you know what? It's not all black and white. There's a lot of gray out here. And then for maybe the rest of us, and maybe the winter season, it's... Uh, it's not uncommon for us to think back and look at kids, uh, grandkids, if we're blessed, great-grandkids. And we, we try and think about, did I really make a difference? But what's been on my heart for the last, uh, oh, actually, the last couple months is uh, it came from a book. I read a lot. And uh, several years ago, I purchased a book and read it called The Forgotten God by Francis Chan. And this book came to, came to heart again as I was thinking about this message and as I read this book again and prayed through it and thought about it, I've come to the conclusion we may be starting from the wrong foundation. I don't think the question is, have I made a difference? Am I making a difference? I think what we need to realize as never before, we are the difference. The forgotten God. The Holy Spirit is God. He is the third person of the Trinity. He is living inside all of us who have accepted Jesus as our Savior. We easily identify with God the Father, Jehovah, Yahweh, and His Son, Jesus Christ. But without a body and a personal name, he may seem distant to us. 
As God, he has existed through all eternity. In the Old Testament, he's referred to as the Spirit, the Spirit of God and the Spirit of the Lord. In the New Testament, he's sometimes called the Spirit of Christ. He appears in creation, hovering over the waters. He caused the Virgin Mary to conceive. He was at the baptism of Jesus when he descended on Jesus like a dove. On the day of Pentecost, he rested like tongues of fire on those 120 believers in the upper room. So do we need to reconsider, rethink about our real identity? When we trusted and received Christ as our Lord and Savior, we received the Holy Spirit. Reading from 1 Corinthians, for by one Spirit we are baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and we are all made to drink in one spirit. Romans 8, 11, the same power, think about this, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, living in me. He will work with us, within us, until death to conform us into the image of his own dear son. 1 Corinthians, you were washed, sanctified, justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our Lord. In Galatians 2.20, Paul, can you imagine, can you imagine when he says this, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. Well, how could Christ live within him when Christ has ascended? He's enjoying the majesty he had before he came. Well, of course he can be with us because he sent the Holy Spirit. So Paul can say, it's no longer I live, but it's Christ who lives within me. In fact, you realize, I just found out, he mentions in Christ 165 times in the New Testament. Do you think Paul knew what his real identity was? The Lord promised the Holy Spirit in John 14, 15, 17, and 25 through 27. If you love me, you will obey my, what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Brother and sister, you are the difference. How can we get so easily sidetracked, it seems, when we're looking for meaning and purpose and, and significance in so many other places? Our idols of safety and comfort and convenience and self-improvement making a difference. Can they truly satisfy? Think about this incredible year this star that shows up, coincidentally, 800 years, the planets aligned and a star that had always been there was shining for the world to see. Why did it happen in 2020? 
is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, Jesus, the Father himself, saying, pay attention. You are the difference. Yes, there is fear. There is dismay. And for most of us, there's total inconvenience. But look on high, look above, look inside. Receive inside what's already there. You are the difference. Holy Spirit is alive and well in you and me. How can I be sure? There's a guarantee. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. When you heard the measure of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. In 4.30, it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit is our guarantee, the deposit. He is the guaranteed inheritance for us of our eternal life. I deal with deposits all the time, earnest money deposits. When a buyer is really committed to buying, they have to make a decision. Or how earnest are you? Are you willing to put up a deposit towards that purchase? But you know, unlike the deposit of the Holy Spirit, that buyer, even though it may be costly, that buyer has the option to break that seal. They can simply decide, you know what? I know it's costly, but I don't want to proceed with that deposit. And I'm willing to give up that deposit. No, the Holy Spirit. We have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. What is the seal? It's anything that serves as assurance, confirmation, or bond. Our bond is the deposit of the Holy Spirit. For all who are led by God's Spirit are God's children. You know, it's interesting in the Amplified when it talks about uh, Romans 8, when Paul is drawing a comparison between the mind of the spirit and the mind of the flesh. I, I love what the Amplified defines as a mind of the flesh. The mind of the flesh is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. How much of our time, how much of our life have we spent making decisions, gaining significance, self-improvement by being logical, by being sane, by being reasonable, and yet consider how much of it was of the Holy Spirit. Let me continue with John. I have much more to say to you, but more than you can now bear. He's speaking to the disciples He's walking to the cross. He's given him his final assurance. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. 
This is the amazing thing about the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit truly moves, God is the one praised. Jesus is the one lifted up. The Holy Spirit works to glorify Christ. Think about it. When the day of Pentecost came, it's estimated there were over 15 different nations. Maybe a million people were in Jerusalem for that Passover. And yet all these different languages, by the power of the Holy Spirit, every tribe and nation, they weren't praising the Holy Spirit. They were worshiping God. They knew this had to come from God. There was over 3,000 saved that day. And word tells us that more were added daily. In fact, do we realize that by, it's estimated by the year 313, there were over 20 million Christians in the world. So church, do we really know who we are and whose we are? You and I are the difference by our very presence, where we live, where we work, where we play, recreate, study. We are the difference. And by that extension, we make a difference. The question needs to be asked, doesn't it? Why wouldn't I want this power? Isaiah, it's, Isaiah 66, 2 declares this. These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble, contrite in spirit. This power, this power that we should be hungering after. It's not to draw attention to ourselves. It's not to manifest my glory, your glory. It's not to boast in the spiritual gifts that God can supply for me, but it's in hungering, praying for the power so that people would see in your and my works the glory of God. We are hidden with God. But the Holy Spirit, through our works, through grace, are there for the world to see. What an amazing adventure, dream, and mission Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have for us. God has sent his Son. His Son has sent the Holy Spirit. And now the Spirit is sending us. We born-again missionaries are commanded to go, being sent into this culture, not assimilating, not withdrawing, but penetrating a darkness, being the salt, being the light to one creature made in God's image at a time. And finally, there is proof. What is the proof? The proof, of the, the proof that the Holy Spirit is alive and well and is our identity is this. It's the fruit Galatians 5, 26. The fruit of the Spirit, it's love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But I want to read that again. I want to read that again in the message. Listen carefully. He's talking to the Galatians, those crazy Galatians, those bewitched Galatians could not get away from the legalism. So Paul is speaking to them anew. He said, but this isn't the first time I've warned you, you know. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. 
But what happens when we live God's way? He brings fruit into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard, things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction and a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Legalism is helpless in bringing this about. It only gets in the way. Among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting our own way and mindlessly responding to what everyone else calls necessities is killed off for good, crucified. Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold on to it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but we work it out, its implication in every detail of our lives. This means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us are better or worse. We have far more interesting things to do with our life. Each of us is an original. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, consider, consider. We need to consider how fearfully and wonderful made we have been. We have, we have to realize that God, before the foundation of the world, had a dream for you and for me. He has works planned in advance. And to complete that works, his son has come by his, by his life, his death of resurrection. Now the Holy Spirit has come. I would be remorsed if, if I didn't just bring up some of you this very day, maybe listening, and maybe it's the very first time that all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is a real person. The Holy Spirit is indwelling me. Perhaps there's been a resistance to even accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 2.28, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If that is speaking to you, pray with me. Jesus, I truly believe you are Lord and that God Almighty raised you from the dead. I truly repent and I ask for forgiveness for all my sins. I'm sorry. Come, oh, come into my heart by your Holy Spirit. I receive your gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd be very careful not to steal any of the thunder if I even had the possibility from this amazing book, The Forgotten God. But one thing I have done is I have lifted from this amazing book Francis' final prayer for all of us. I have no idea how long he spent on this prayer, but it speaks to me. I'm, I'm reading it on a daily basis. So as it's on the screen, pray with me. Spirit, we know we have done wrong by you. Please forgive us for grieving, resisting, and quenching you 
We have resisted you through sin, through our rebellion, and through our hardness of heart. At times we have been spiritually blind. At other times we knew what you wanted us to do, but we chose to ignore your promptings. Yet this is not how we want to live now. We need you to change us. Only through you can we truly worship Spirit of the Lord. You are the one who brings us to a place where we can worship. You are the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of holiness, the Spirit of life. Thank you for the truth, the holiness, and the life you give us. We need your wisdom and understanding as we seek to live this life. Keep us from disbelief, from fear. We need your strength to help us do what you're asking us to do and live how you're asking us to live. Speak loudly and drown out the other voices, calling us to conform to the patterns of this world. You are the spirit of self-control and love. Give us the self-control needed to deny our flesh and follow you. Give us a love strong enough to motivate courageous action. Manifest yourself through us that we may serve and love your bride, the church, as you do. Come, Holy Spirit, come. We don't exactly know what that means and looks like for each of us, yet in this particular place you have called us to inhabit. But nevertheless, whatever it means, we ask for your presence. Come, Holy Spirit, come. And may it be so. So maybe the greatest blessing you and I can offer to Pastor Matthew as he leads us in following Jesus, as we are being conformed to the image of Jesus himself, as we are joining him and growing the kingdom of God, may we say to Pastor Matthew with all sincerity, we know who we are. We know who is ours. In Jesus' name I pray. So, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.